Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920, here's your boy, Q. And here we are kicking off hour number two of the show. Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. I look up at the TV screen here in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, and I see the Little League World Series going on. Kentucky's up 1-0 over Ohio in the bottom of the fourth. Join us now on the phone lines to talk about John Madden, talk about his last flight ticket ever. So it's an awesome, just a picture. Just looking at the picture is awesome. But to talk about it is our guy, Danny Black, from Baltimore Sports Collectibles. And, Danny, we do appreciate you this afternoon. And off top, man, before we get started, are you a Little League World Series guy? I am a diehard baseball fan, absolutely. Nice. I like it. I like it. Finally found one of me, man. I'm, I'm a big uh, Little League World Series guy. I've been glued to this thing ever since it started. So there you go. It's good to, good to hear that you're one of me. Uh, but, uh, Danny, let's, let's get into the conversation that's important. And uh, you had reached out, and we're talking about having this, this sports memorabilia that was Coach John Madden's, his final airplane flight ticket. Uh, I was looking at the picture of it. It is super authentic. It is super kind of old school. The guy was on a on a on a flight from Tampa to Houston to San Francisco, and he never made the connecting flight to San Francisco. Decided, hey, it's done deal. I'm not getting on any more flights, and he didn't. And you have that final flight ticket. I mean, first of all, how 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 did you guys get get involved with this, and how did you guys uh, obtain this? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on. Um, I am very lucky. Um, I work as a private broker. I do radio in the Baltimore area as well. And, uh, you know, after lots of years and knowing a lot of people in the industry, I was lucky enough to have uh, a client who uh, used to work as a director and producer of CBS, CBS and Fox for years with John and Pat. And uh, he uh, was at a place in life where he went to honor Coach Madden. And he reached out to me, and uh, so we've worked with Heritage Auctions to bring, I mean, some really historical, historical items uh, to auction. So it's the Michael Frank collection, and, uh, I mean, you're talking about the big boy. I mean, John Madden's final plane ticket, I consider one of the most important documents in the history of the NFL. Right. I mean, after that ticket, it it became the Madden Cruiser, right? I mean, at some point it became the Madden Cruiser where uh, there was no flights, right? And that was was it right there. So uh, that's not the only Madden memorabilia you have, but just knowing the story behind it, knowing how important he was to the NFL, not just to the Raiders, but to the NFL, that just makes it that much more special in my opinion. How often do you see people – bidding a lot on these because I, I mean i look at these bids and i'm like man these are these are going for a high dollar how often are people bidding on stuff like this well i guess you know from, from my perspective if i had the money you know what a cooler cooler thing i could buy right um you know but if you look at what people are spending now on you know rookie football players that are unproven i mean zach wilson you know rookie cards can go for over fifty thousand dollars well if you give me that or a chance for you know a one-of-a-kind document you know, from somebody that was celebrated by three generations as a coach, as a broadcaster, and the video game, uh, to me, it's no comparison. I, that's a one-of-one item. You know, I, I know you appreciate the history. Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, that really was the transition. I mean, that, that was kind of where he, you know, was said, I'm a Raider forever. I'm, I'm retiring a Raider. And he went into broadcasting more or less on the Madden Cruiser. 
Right, exactly. And, you know, it's so, so funny. I collected baseball cards when I was little, and I, I obviously didn't keep them in mint condition. But looking at this picture of this flight ticket, I mean, it just looks like it's in great condition. You can read it. I mean, it's super uh, legible and everything. How, how do you guys keep these things in such great condition? Well, we're not always this lucky. Uh, in this case, you know, everybody involved had such a deep respect for the coach uh, that this was kept, you know, very safe for a long time. Um, like you mentioned, there's other items in the auction. Uh, one of the fun items is the torch that was used uh, to celebrate the uh, Olympics that CBS had the broadcast rights for. They used a, a bunch of the NFL players passing the CBS torch, and that used torch was actually the one used in the promotion. It was held by Walter Payton, Joe Montana, and, and that thing shows where. <laughs> that thing is not in condition. So, you know, you really uh, get lucky sometimes when somebody really preserves a piece of history. And for a document to now be 40, you know, almost 40 years old, uh, it's incredible. No doubt about it. Again, we're talking with Danny Black from the Baltimore Sports Collectibles here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. My man demand has got one for you. Yeah, Danny, with you being involved in a lot of auctions, I'm assuming – how valuable is any Raider memorabilia or when it's attached to the Raiders with this here being Coach John Madden? Because I would have to assume something that's attached to the Raiders when it comes to memorabilia is a little bit more valuable than, let's say, the Jaguars, not to take a shot <laughs> at the Jags. So when it comes to like the NFL team's value, are the Raiders up there when it comes to collections? Yeah, I mean, you know, Raider Nation's on the Mount Rushmore franchises. If you, know, if you look at Dallas, the Raiders – uh, baseball, it's the Yankees, Dodgers. It, it, there's just certain franchises that have a mystique that people, you know, internationally will know the name forever. I, I grew up in the era of starter jackets, and, and you know, everybody wore Raider starter jackets. <laughs> yes, it's just one of those things that transcends. And you know, who who, you know, is the face of that? You know, other than the Davis family, more than than, than coach. Right. You're so right about that. That's hilarious talking about starter jackets. I had so many of those starter jackets, man. You're taking me back between Little League Baseball and starter jackets. You're really taking me back here, Danny. Uh, I do appreciate that. How do you guys go about, like, the authentication, or how do you know that, hey, this is the real deal, and and just proving to yourselves that it's the real deal before you get involved in these things? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, to be honest with you, something like this, that's why I, I'm lucky you know, to work with somebody like Heritage Auctions. Uh, at, at a certain point, you know, you're, you're dealing with true historical documents. And when you start getting into authenticating you know, print and type, um, you know, like you said earlier, we don't have airplane tickets like this anymore. <laughs> right. Uh, it's not, you know, this, this, this was truly made. I mean, National Airlines, who remembers that? You know, with Eastern and Piedmont, maybe. But um, so you really need experts in the field of documentation, of printing, and heritage auctions. I mean, listen, they, you know, they're, they're a huge auction house. There's, there's many fantastic auction houses, and they work with the best of the best. And, you know, we wouldn't bring this to auction if we didn't have confidence and if it wasn't something that, that had been authenticated. So what are some of the other great items that you guys have as well? Well, actually, to me, one of the most fun ones and uh, maybe it's because, you know, everybody was a Bo Jackson fan, not just, not just Kansas City and Raider fans. But uh, John Madden sketched out uh, what was going to be the 1987 All-Madden team. And if you remember growing up being on the All-Madden team, I mean, that, mm-hmm. that, was, that was a real symbol. That was almost better than All-Pro. And so he was at dinner one night, and he starts drawing out and sketching out the lineup for what would be the 1987 All-Madden team. 
So it's actually a, a piece of a ripped tablecloth, and it's all hand-drawn by Coach, and it's got Bo Jackson, Walter Payton, all these guys that he fell were all Madden guys, and he signed it w- with him and Pat Summerall. Wow. So just you know, a real glimpse into a moment of, of the actual man. You know how how he actually got his work done. This wasn't a laptop, right? Yeah, the the old Madden team was drawn out on the tablecloth that year. That is uh, so. Awesome. That's one of my yeah. That's one of my favorites. Wow. Uh, the other one, yeah. The other one that I just think is talk about cross generational. John Madden and Pat Summerall's last broadcast together was Tom Brady's first Super Bowl. Well, if you're in the media, you know what a flip card is. Mm-hmm. The flip card from that Super Bowl with, with Tom Brady's first Super Bowl win is autographed by Coach and by Pat Summerall. So talk about a piece. You have Brady's <laughs> first Super Bowl and then signed for the final broadcast by, by Coach and Pat Summerall. I'll tell you what, Danny, lucky I don't have any money because if I did, I'd be spending it all on, on, on all these awesome <laughs> items that you guys have. And I can only imagine, I mean, you're talking about sketching out the all-Madden team on a on a tablecloth. I can only imagine sitting in a restaurant and seeing Coach just, you know, tear off some paper off the tablecloth and just writing this down. Like, this thing's going in my head now. I almost feel like I'm there. And I understand now why so many people would spend so so much kind of money on these kind of things just because the stories they almost tell themselves so when you look at something like this flight ticket uh, i saw the opening bid is at about ten thousand dollars what what would you expect i mean just kind of a, a gut feeling what do you think something like that will eventually go for that's you know everybody asked me that's the first question the truth of it is it's a one of a kind. There's there's no comparable. There's never been anything like it. Right. You you have such a first of all such a unique person, and then such a unique story. You know, it's simply about the transportation, which turned into the Madden Cruiser and a whole other you know part of NFL history. So I, I mean, you see what the opening bid is, and like I said, if you compare it to to some football cards or baseball cards that I think you know uh, should be uh, far less important in sports history. Uh, those go for many times more than this. So anybody who's a real NFL historian, NFL lover, a Raiders fan, a football fan, I, I think for them, you know, the value in this would be much greater than some of those. Well, I encourage everyone to go check out all the items that are uh, available. Matter of fact, how long are, are these Madden, uh, Madden, Madden, op, uh, Madden pieces? How much? How long are they available? Well, the Heritage Auction um, only uh, runs through the end of the month. So uh, extended bidding will be the end of the month, and I mean it's it's really a fantastic auction. If if anybody's heard about the uh, ten million dollar Mickey Mantle card, it's in the same auction with that. And uh, so there's really some phenomenal items. I'm honored to represent Mike Frank with his collection, but the, the, the stuff of the Heritage Auction will knock your socks off if you're a sports fan. And how do they go? How does anyone go and check out the stuff that is available? They can just go to heritageauction.com. Uh, I've also tweeted out. Uh, a bunch of links, and you just want to go to their sports auctions. And I will tell you to put a couple minutes aside because once you start scrolling, <laughs> it, it is easy to get lost uh, in a lot of amazing items. No, I know it is. My man Demon, who's here in the studio with me, he is locked in on this computer. He can't, he can't uh, take his eyes off of it. So I'm already knowing. I've lost one guy. Thanks, Danny. I've lost a guy for the rest of the show because he's locked in on this stuff. <laughs> Well, hopefully, hopefully the Little League World Series doesn't knock out two of you. Right, exactly. They will really be in trouble. But, uh, Danny, great stuff uh, on Twitter at SportsBalt. That's at Sports, B-A-L-T. And you said HeritageAuction.com is where everyone needs to go? Yeah, and they can just Google that or Google the John Madden uh, ticket, and you'll, you'll absolutely find it. 
And, uh, you know, and once again, anybody who's a football fan, definitely check it out. All right, will do. Well, Danny, thanks for spending a few minutes with us this afternoon, just breaking it on down and sharing some of this memorabilia. And I'm about to go down this rabbit hole and look at it, some more stuff myself. So thanks so much for your time, my man. Thank you very much. Take care. All right, there he goes. Danny Black right there, Baltimore Sports Collectibles at Sports Baltz on Twitter. And, uh, yeah, looking at some of these, man, these are really cool. This flight ticket, $10,000 is the opening bid, but there is some really cool stuff. And I'll tell you right now, uh, this this flight ticket looks cool, Damon, but I would really be all in if I had the money, which we know I don't. But if I had the money, that uh, that all Madden team sketched out and written out on a tablecloth, I mean, I can I don't know about you, but I've been to, especially when I was in Texas, We I, I went to a lot of restaurants that the tablecloth is one of those that you could just throw away after you finish eating. You know, it's just they, they tear it up, they whatever. I, I could see someone sitting there at a table, like at a barbecue spot. That's how. That's where it usually was, at barbecue spots. And they're just writing out, okay, running back, Bo Jackson. Running back, Walter Payton. You know, like left guard, this guy. I mean, just I could imagine that and that being John Madden. How cool would that be? That would be more valuable to me as well than just the flight ticket because it, the story behind it would be cool. Right. But it'd be even cooler if somebody comes over and you just hold it up framed. Check this out. Right, right. And then tell the story behind it. That would be awesome. That's a hell of a story right there. Well, good stuff uh, from Danny. We definitely appreciate him. And, uh, again, if you get an opportunity to go check it out, just to see. I'm not saying go bid on it and go buy stuff. I mean, you're starting at a $10,000 opening bid. Unless If you got the money like that, then, hey, man, look. I'll let your boy first. <laughs> we, could, we could be, like, partners, right? I'll be the silent partner. You know, you'll be the money backer. I'll just be the silent partner. Or maybe I'll be the voice and you be the silent partner. Whatever the case may be, we'll work it out so you spend the money and I'll help you pick out the item. That's how I do best. What will the split of the item be then? I mean, you know, it's like it's like, uh, it's like what they said. What did Red say uh, when it came to uh, on Friday when Debo had the bike? You know, it would be like both of ours. We'll just keep it in my house. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it will be like both of ours. You know what I mean? But, you know, kind of Pops is tripping off the beach cruiser, man. You know, just I'm going to have to get that back. But it will be like both of ours. You know, I'm just going to keep it in my house. And then we all know what happened after that. 316 is the time. Many thanks to Danny. Hit us up, Raider Nation. Want to know what you got on your mind at 702-365-9200. Sam and text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Who do you think needs this week, week's preseason game the most to hold on to their roster spot and at least make it a little bit more difficult to make a decision for the coaching staff? Get at us. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy, Q. I believe it's what, the top of the or bottom of the fifth. Is that where we're at right now? We were just watching the Little League World Series in here, and one of the kids he uh, struck out looking. You got to swing, man. Especially in Little League World Series, you can't go down holding your bat. You can't, man. You got to swing that thing. Sorry, right, I got bad coaching in Little League to talk about coming up later on the show. I'm very, I'm still angry. I've been angry about this, Demond. No joke, no BS. I've been angry about this since probably. I would say maybe eight o'clock last night. Like I've really, I'm that upset about this situation, and it didn't help because I was filling in for Freddie Coleman on uh, Freddie and Fitzsimmons last night. And the thing is, Ian Fitzsimmons was talking trash. It was Utah against Henderson, Nevada, and Ian lives in Dallas, Texas. I live in Henderson, Nevada. Ian decides he's going to go against me and is rooting for Utah. And I said, how are you going for Utah? Do you have any roots? And he's like, oh, yeah, my daughter was born there. I said, where? He said, oh, Park City. I said, that's not – this is Santa Clara, Utah. Do you know where that's at? No. 
So how are you going to go against the young men from Henderson when I'm sitting in Henderson, Nevada right now? Like, I'm literally sitting here right now. Like, I'm rooted in Henderson. How are you going to go against me? And he said, well, you know, I got family from Utah. I said, Santa Clara? No, I've never heard of that. Okay, well, then they're not from there. So go for your boy. Have, have my back. He did not. And then they lost. And Henderson, that is, lost. And Ian was making fun of me throughout the rest of the show. But I've been angry because of the bad coaching decisions. I'll tell you about those coaching decisions coming up at 3.30. Right now, though, I want to hear from you. Who do you think needs this week's preseason game the most to hold on to their roster spot? 702-365-9200. Let's talk to Operator Raider. You're on the line. <laughs> it's Raider Nation Radio. What's up, my man? What's up, Q? How goes it? It's going. Oh, uh, that was pretty cool listening about John Madden's last plane ticket. That was uh, super cool. I think... Does the Allegiant Stadium have a whole section dedicated to Hall of, like the Raiders the Hall of Fame, like their own kind of Hall of Fame within the stadium where they can put cool memorabilia like that? It's it's kind of it's in the hallways. Like they have a hallways that dedicated to you know a lot of great Raiders and Hall of Fame Raiders, but I don't think they'd put something like that out in the open just because it's it's just it'd be weird putting it there. Yeah, well, they got the money. They should they that's should definitely bid on it. Um, player, I think that's probably that. I'm looking at players that um, there's a lot of depth there, wide receiver and running back. So, T. Billy, he needs to try to try to have a better game this week. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to get a better look at some of the running backs. Like, Austin Walter looked really good. Yeah. But um, it's preseason. But, yeah, I'd like to get a better look at the other rookie that we have. Okay. At the, at the running back position, so. I like it. I like. Hey, thanks yeah. for the thanks for the call, Operator Raider. Appreciate you, my man. And uh, yeah, T. Billy is the guy we talked about a lot here on the show, and a lot of people talk about him. Man, he's like a fan favorite. You know, it's all and it's so funny. And I, I don't know if you're a football player that is not a star that you want to have a big fan base already. And it's nothing against him, but it just seems like a fan base always falls in love with a certain player, and then that player ends up getting cut, or else they're just not they're just not that guy. Right, I mean, there's so many times. I'm sure Raider Nation. I could probably throw it out to you right now. You could probably tell me at seven zero two three six five nine two hundred and Salmon has text line six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. Like, who's the guy from preseason that you're like, man, that's gonna be the dude, and then he ends up getting cut, and you never hear from him again. You know, I mean, there's so many. There's always a guy. You know, there's there's people that fall in love with certain guys' name or what they potentially could be. Um, I'm trying to remember, and I, I hate that I forgot the name, but I actually I had him on my podcast. Who was the running back that the Raiders had? His dad played in Seattle. He was a fantastic running back, um, and his number was 34. And everyone's like, man, he runs like Bo Jackson. He looks like Bo Jackson, and he was swole. And the Raiders put him on IR, giving him a year to be there and be ready. And then he came into camp, and he was out of shape. He didn't know the playbook, and he got cut immediately and hasn't been back since. How long ago was this? Not too long ago. His, his dad was a stud in Seattle. I had his dad on the on my podcast talking about his opportunity. He went to University of Texas. But and I remember him from Texas because he I think was it Warren? Chris Warren. It was Chris Warren. Chris Warren like junior or the third or whatever it was. But I guarantee you that's who it was. He went to the University of Texas and he was okay there. And everyone blamed the coaching staff in Texas. And man, he he played in a couple preseason games for the Raiders. It's like, man, that dude could run. Man, he looks like Bo Jackson with that 34 on. I think this team really likes him. And I think that the coaching staff did like him. I really do. So they put him on IR. They gave him a whole year to get in tip-top shape, know the playbook, and come back strong the next year. Same thing they did with Latavius Murray when they had IR'd him and then he came back. 
This dude, as soon as the Raiders opened up camp, man, this cat, I think he got cut like the first day. I mean, you know what I mean? Like he got cut immediately. He ain't been heard of since. But everyone loved that dude. He was going to be the guy until he wasn't. You're still looking for him. I, I'm telling oh, you. Oh, no, I found him. Okay. But he's done a whole lot of nothing. On his pro football rep. Yeah, nothing at all. <laughs> Actually, not a snap in regular season play. Exactly. 6'2", 246. Right. That was, that's he, a bad sign right there. Well, no, but he was he was a he was a big, strong dude, but he came into camp and he was overweight. And he had a whole year to get in shape. Like he had all the time in the world. All you had to do was act like you were on that prison workout. Hit the weights, run, you know what I mean? Get in shape. Study a little bit, that'd be cool. And come back and you'd have a spot. And he couldn't do it. That team hasn't touched him since. Of course not. <laughs> if you blow it when you have that kind of opportunity, of course they're not going to touch you. Like, oh, no, we're good. He he flamed out in Texas at, at UT. They turned him into a fullback. Then they turned him into, like, a slot receiver. I mean, they, they tried to do everything. They turned him into a tight end, I think. I mean, they did everything at UT. I was there when they were going through that. They were like, what in the hell can we do with this guy? He's got athletic ability. He's a big body. He has great Jeans comes from a, a, a very good athletic family. What can we do with this cat? You know what they can do with him? Nothing. Nothing. He was one of those guys that I call big for nothing. Big for nothing. Hold on. I found some stats from Texas, though. Oh, it was Chris Warren the fourth. No, third. Yeah, it was Chris Warren the third. My man Peg Leg Raider said, as a Longhorn alumni, that dude let me down. You had a whole podcast on him. Exactly. See? Peg Leg Raider knows what I'm talking about. See, I don't make this stuff up. I don't make it up. I remember Beth Mullins came on my podcast and was like, hey, Q, this coaching staff really likes Chris Warren. He has a little Bo Jackson in him. You know how much Bo Jackson he had in him? Zero. Bo Jackson had more want to in his sleep than Chris Warren the third had. This shows you where size can get you, man. Because in college, they were really trying to hype him up. He was listed at 6'4", 250. Right. So, man, just those measurables are running back that big. Oh, Right. Oh, yeah. I see how people got let down. But there's always a player or two that'll show up big time in preseason or a training camp and get and, and develop a fan base. And then all of a sudden, that player turns out to be not that good. So if I'm a guy that may be a roster bubble guy, kind of like a T-Billy, I'd be like, yeah, don't be a big fan of me yet. Yeah, exactly. Don't. Because the expectations are there now, right? Right? Everyone here is T-Billy, T-Billy. I have never heard so many people say T-Billy until now. I've never heard it. So if I was him, I'd be like, man, I wish everybody wasn't talking about it. put so much attention on me. I think he's a hell of a player. I think he has a hell of an opportunity. He just needs to do better than he did game one. Real quick, I know this isn't a Raider player, but you said just off the name alone. Yeah. I know you're not a hard knocks guy, but the year the Jets were on it with Rex Ryan, mm -hmm. they had a backup fullback named John Connor, and that's the lead character oh. from the Terminator. Yeah, yeah. So he got the nickname, the Terminator. Hey, man, this guy, he might make the squad. I remember like, yo, this John Connor dude, right. he going to be somebody. Right. But it was a backup fullback. He's got a nickname. Yep. Everybody's hyping him up. Yep. Guess what? He got the... You got to knock on the door towards the end of the season, towards the end of towards the end of camp. I'm telling you, man, it happens all the time. I promise you, Raider Nation probably will flood the phone lines and, and the text line the rest of the show and tell me guys that you know had big names in in Keelan Doss. How about Keelan Doss, the pride of Alameda? Oh, it's a hometown story. Oh, it's so cool, man. This guy's gonna be great. When the hell has he done? Remember when Jackson? Remember when the Raiders cut him and Jacksonville signed him? Oh, my gosh, go get Keelan Doss back. You need Keelan Doss back. He's so good. 
He's an Alameda kid, and I'm not hating against him. I'm not hating on him. I know it sounds like it, but I'm not. Sounds like you, you put it against him. I can't help where I was born. No, it's not, but that's why people were liking him. Oh, he's a, it's a great hometown story. Hey, man, look, hometown don't mean you're going to win. And I'm and that was when uh, A.B. was on the squad. Remember when A.B. all of a sudden got, you know, he went on his little whatever he went on, and he was out. Everyone's like, what are we going to do now? Got to get Keelan Doss. Keelan Doss is not A.B., right? Brought him back, did nothing. He's done a whole lot of pretty much nothing in the league, too. There's so many guys that build names. I think Keelan Doss built his name off of uh, off the the um, what's the show? Hard Knocks, the show I don't even watch. Exactly, man. He made his name off Hard Knocks because he had. I think maybe that was episode three that he did good. It's like, oh man, we got to get that guy. I know I'm definitely sounding like I'm hating, but I'm not. Let's go out to the phone. Let's talk to our guy, New England Raider. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Nah, man, you definitely hate him. Let me tell you. <laughs> I love you I too, brother. Like, nah, you are hating. And I'm mad because I was like, dude, why couldn't you get me on the show two minutes prior? Because I was about to say Keelan Doss. But, 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 there but, but you is. beat me to it. There, you beat me to it. All right, so let me say two things, please. All right, I got two things I got to get out. Gotcha. Uh, I, uh, the first thing, so I was, I was in Canton, Ohio last week, man, and God, it was just, man, that was just breathtaking. That was just being able to go through the museum and then going to the game later. I, I got lucky. I was on the 50-yard line, and, and I was right behind our bench and just being able to see. And so, so let me tell you what I was most impressed by. What I was most impressed by, although Carr, Crosby, Renfro, they weren't in there, what I saw was that they were coaching on the, uh, on the bench. Every veteran, every impact player, they were watching their position. They were watching their position players or their teammates, and they were, they were coaching. And it, and it just seeing that discipline, seeing that coaching, it just it's showing me that this team, as as you have said, as Vinny has said, as Heidi has said, this team is going in discipline. They're going in like they know what they're doing. And I'm just so damn excited to see what this team is going to do in the regular season. But. That 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 Hall of Fame game, that experience, that was just absolutely amazing. Yeah, it um, was. I'm glad. You know. I'm glad you said that, man. Was that your first time at the Hall of Fame? So that was my very first time. Nice. I, so I actually flew out to Pittsburgh because I'd never been to Pittsburgh. Okay. And then I ended up making the drive out to Canton. Nice. Uh, that, uh, for, so that was cool. Awesome. So uh, going to your question, though, uh, your original question. So I think Kenyon Drake, because I'm confused uh, where what what his what his position is on this team. It seems like he is kind of getting flooded out by these other running backs. It's very heavy. And I also look at the fact that he has a three, three and a half million dollar contract that I believe we owe him. I could be a little off by those numbers. But I mean, that sounds like money that could potentially go towards a offensive tackle if we need one in free agency. Or I hear we're looking to potentially extend a tight end. I don't know if you've heard about that or not. So. <laughs> right. Right. Good stuff. Hey, thank you for the call, my man. I'm glad you got to enjoy that uh, opportunity out at Canton, Ohio. And I tell everyone, man, if you get one chance to go out there, just soak that in, man. Soak in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I've been there now three times. I've been blessed, but I've never seen the same thing twice. I really haven't. I mean, three times I've had three different experiences and all of them were top notch. So I'm glad that you were able to have that. And uh, yeah, I think, you know what? I'm glad you brought up Kenyon Drake. He's a guy I've talked about as well. We know what he can bring to the table. We know what kind of player he can be. But a lot of time he's injured as he you know, got injured last year. Uh, he wasn't being used uh, correctly until uh, Gruden was no longer there. And then all of a sudden Greg Olson started using him and then he got injured, unfortunately. And he's battling his way back. But there's a lot of talent in that room. It's not nothing against Kenyon Drake. It's a numbers game. There's a lot of talent. And unless he's going to go back there and return kicks as well, 
he could be one of those guys on the outside looking in. I'm not saying this week he's going to get, you know, released or moved from, moved on from, but he could be a guy when that that final cutdown comes down to 53 men, they might say, "Hey, Kenyon, thanks, but no thanks." I mean, it's it's very look. We will see come come uh August 30th, we will see a cut that we none of us saw coming. It happens every year. Every single year a cut that we don't see coming happens or a release, a trade, something where a guy that we think is going to be on the team isn't on the team. It happens every single year. It's guaranteed to happen. It's, and you know why? Because we are looking for one thing, and they are looking for something else. And it's that simple. And I don't believe with this regime, as compared to previous regimes, there's no more scholarships. What I mean by that is guys don't get by based off their name anymore. This regime don't care what your name is. This regime don't care where you were drafted. This, this regime cares if you could play and how versatile you could be. You've seen guys in New England. You saw Bill Belichick and company let J.C. Jackson walk in free agency. I was shocked. You know why? Not going to pay him that kind of money. Hey, you know what? We're, we have confidence in the guys we have behind him. We're good. They're going to do this regime, and they're not doing everything New England like, but they still have their roots. They still come from a certain place. They still you know, have certain beliefs. And they're not going to let you just slide based off your name or what you've done in the past. It's what you're doing right now. I promise you that. Let's go out to our guy, Raider Mac. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, what's up, fellas? Hey, uh, the guy that I, I'm telling you, the, the backfield is, is crowded, is Brandon uh, Bolden. Okay. I know it's how, I know he came from New England and all that stuff, but he, he is one of the guys I think that probably will get cut because at the end of the day, you're going to take Jameer White over Bolden because being a rookie and his contract, I think Bolden – it doesn't it doesn't bowl well for 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 Bolden. so that's my guy okay. to get cut uh, the surprise cut of the camp. Hey, also also uh, you you mentioned some about um, uh, regarding a, a guy that that you thought was gonna was gonna be a star in the at, at, at uh, training camp. Oh yeah, you know. But the guy that I, I looked at was um, he did everything was. Um, what was his name? Oh, uh, what was that guy's name? Uh, he was a receiver. Uh, I can't remember his name, but anyway. But I, I want to get back to um, to uh, the uh, the Raiders. Why are we working our defensive tackle, Danny Shelton, again? I, I'm like this. We, I mean, enough of New England players. I, and I understand um, McDaniel's is, and the rest of the coaching staff for you know, familiar with those guys. But, I mean, as, as sooner or later, you can't keep getting these same guys from New England because you saw what Pete Carroll did. All these guys from USC, they, they, everybody thought they, he was going to draft them, but he ended up not drafting those guys because either you can play or you can't. And I understand New England players, but, I mean, we just – too many players from New England right now. I think – Well, the good, you know, the good thing – hold on real quick. The good thing is Danny Shelton, uh, he signed with the Kansas City Chiefs yesterday, so – uh, he's oh, he off. He, yeah, he, he's he's off the board. But he was a good player oh. in college, so you know I think they just need some beef in the middle right now. Right, and uh, and last thing I wanted to say um, was that what what's going on with with Trayvon Mullen? I I, I don't think he's a starter, but I, I just I, I just think we need to move, keep Hobbs outside, mm-hmm. and move. Um, I know this sounds crazy, but I would move um, the kid we got from. Um, 
Uh, where did he come? Oh, he came from uh, the um, the Colts. The Colts, yeah. Move him to the slot. Move him to the slot. To the slot corner, and uh, put somebody else on the outside because Mullen is not going to make it back. He's injured. He, it, for him not to come back, taking this long, something's really wrong. Okay, cool. Hey, thank you for the call, my man. I do appreciate you. And, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what's going on with Trayvon Mullen. I mean, he started out on the pup list. We know he had surgery in the offseason. We know how many games he missed last year, you know, because of injury. I'm interested to see when he comes back and what he looks like. Again, he tweeted out, uh, it'll all make sense later yesterday. I don't know what that means. I don't know if he's talking about, you know, a relationship. I don't know if he's talking about the game. I don't know what he's talking about. I just saw it yesterday, and I thought, hmm, that's interesting. Let me go ahead and take note. I hate having to try to decipher and decode what, you know, a young man's Twitter says. Because I can only imagine if I had Twitter at 21 or 22 or 23, what I would have tweeted out and what it would have meant. A girl would have made me mad, and I would have said something stupid, you know. That's what silence the noise could mean, as he tweeted out oh, last night. Oh, he did that too? See, silence I didn't even see noise. that one. There you go. Silence the noise. Well, what does that have to do with? Does it have to do with a girl? Does it have to do with uh, his homeboys? Does it have to do with the team? Does it? I mean, you just don't know. I wish he put, like, hashtag Raiders or hashtag relationship. <laughs> so at least I'd have a clue. I don't know. That's why, man, I don't know. I don't even want to get involved in it. But, yeah, Trayvon Mullen, he's 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 interesting. I think Rocky Sin is an outside guy. I don't think that – I'd put him on the inside. Uh, right now, when Nate Hobbs was on the outside, they had uh, they had DP. They had him, uh, Darius Phillips. They had him lining up in the slot. And I think that that works right now. You know, I, I I would like to see this Sunday, I would like to see Nate Hobbs outside for three or four series. Seriously, three or four series I'd like to see. And I'd like to see DP play in the slot every one of those series to see if he can hold it down. Like, start working on maybe some combos that might work. I'd like to see that. And like Coach Josh McDaniel said, you can't replicate this in practice. This is this is an opportunity to see what you've got in these guys. And I know three or four series might be a little risky. They ran Hobbs in two series last season, uh, last uh, week. Go ahead and give him two more. That that's just me though. So uh, we'd love to hear from you at seven zero two three six five nine two hundred. We'll take one more call before we take a break. Who we got up next, Damon? Anthony in Minnesota. Anthony in Minnesota. What about them Vikings? What's up, Anthony? Hey, forget them Vikings, man. The Raider fans from – get out of here, man. From Pleasanton, California originally. But anyway. Hey, hey hold on, receiver, hold on. Hold on real quick. Yeah. Did, did, you ever hey. go, did you ever go to that lucky store across from the DMV in Pleasanton? Oh, I'll tell you what I did do. I, yes, I did. But, you know, my first job was Cole's Market in Vintage Hill. Okay. You know that place? Yes. I work. I used to work at that Lucky's across from the DMV. I worked in the meat department back in the I, day. Oh, God. I know. I, my first job was the meat department at Kohl's with Walt Callahan. Let's anyway, Kohl's World, right? My brother. Oh, this dude. is my brother right here. Hey. <laughs> I've been following you for a while. But anyway, hey, real quick. <laughs> that receiver's name was Keelan Doss, man. Come on. You got to come prepared. Keelan Doss. I remember him coming on board, everyone talking him up. I'm like, oh, okay, this guy's pretty good, right? Might make the team. Next thing you know, they cut him. Everyone gets upset. He goes somewhere else, and they pay to bring him back, and then he's gone again. I mean, I don't know. So, yeah, you know what I'm I'm looking to see a couple of people really solidify themselves. I want to see Leatherwood improve. Abram playing at a higher level still, and I want to see Nate Hobbs, too. Mm. If those three people stand up and stand out through the preseason, I mean, do we have hardly any holes left other than making sure our quarterbacks are being taken care of with whoever they're going to have out there. But the last thing I'm looking for is who are they going to cut. I mean, yeah, we can watch preseason games all day every week, but you know what, man? 
when those cuts start happening, it gets real. So that's yep. what I'm looking forward to, guys. Thank you very much. Hey, great call, my man. Appreciate you. Shout out to Pleasanton, California. And no, I, I said Keelan Doss. I said that. It was uh, it was my guy, uh, Raider Mac, that couldn't remember the wide receiver's name. Plenty of people hit me up, though, and say Kenyon, or not Kenyon, but uh, Keelan Doss. Uh, also, <laughs> real quick, it will take a break. And I mentioned a quick, uh, quick tweeted at me at Raider underscore level and said, Q ball. Keelan Doss was so mid, and you definitely hating. <laughs> Quick, I love you, brother. I love you. Well, hit me up, Raider Nation. Let me know about it, man. I'm not hating, but I, I know how it sounds. 702-365-9200. Salmon has text line at 69187, keyword r Having a little bit of fun this afternoon. Who do you think needs this week's preseason game the most to hold on to their roster spot? Cutdowns are on the 16th. That's the first round of cutdowns from 90 to 85. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Got a bunch of text messages on the Salmon Ash text line 69187. Keyword R&R. Man, we've been getting a lot of feedback on today's show, and I definitely appreciate that. Raider Nation, uh, you make the show go and make it fun. I always have a game plan and an outline. But sometimes we get a little bit outside the lines. You know when they say you, you're coloring outside the lines? Sometimes we color outside the lines, and it's okay. And we have a lot of fun, so we definitely appreciate you. But who do you think needs this week's preseason game the most to hold on to their roster spot? The first set of cutdowns comes on the 16th. They go from 90 to 85. Then the 23rd, they'll get down to 80. And then on the 30th, they'll get down to 53. And then all hell breaks loose. So I uh, just want to hear from you, Raider Nation, 702-365-9200. Also talking about players that make a big name for themselves in preseason and then all of a sudden turn into be just about nothing or fans fall in love with them and then they get cut or released and everyone's angry. Mailman Raider hit us up, 69187, keyword r and I'm surprised we're not holding up Tyrone Wheatley's son or nephew just because he's a Wheatley. Yeah, that's Tyrone Wheatley's son. He's an offensive lineman. That's right. And you know what? I haven't heard too much about him. You know, a couple people have tweeted at me during practice like, hey, what's Tyrone Wheatley's son doing? I haven't really heard too much about him. It's a guy that I'll have to pay attention to and – uh, with the looks like the, the the depth along the offensive line is not very good, maybe he's a guy that can find a spot. I'm not too sure, but uh, yeah, that, that's that's funny that that you mentioned that mailman raider because I haven't really talked too much about Tyrone Wheatley's son at all so far this uh, this training camp or even just throughout the course of the offseason after he signed. Uh, Jason in Maryland, uh, how about Trey Regis? Was one Raiders fans loved? He was good, but like he said, it was preseason, and that was that was just a year ago. And I'll tell you this, Jason, good good one, too. Matter of fact, that's a really good one. Trey Regis had me believing that Jalen Richard was on his way out. <laughs> I had already sent Jalen Richard packing, right? I said, oh, yeah, he's he's gone. You know, there was a couple running backs that the Raiders had last year during the, the preseason and training camp that, oh, these guys could fill that void. They're cheaper. They're younger. Uh, they're vaccinated. Remember, that was a, 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 a requisite last year. That was something that, oh, you got to have this. And Jalen Richard wasn't. And so I was like, oh, he's injured. He's on the pup list. Oh, he's unvaccinated. He's this. He's that. Yeah, Jalen Richard's on his way out. Well, he wasn't. Stuck around for the whole year. Now, he's not back now. But, yeah, Trey Regis is a guy that I remember having beat writers that covered him in college on the show talking about what Trey Regis brings to the table. That's a good one. And, and like I said, hey, man, I'm not, I'm not uh, you know, I'm not excluded from this, this, uh, this club of guys that will find somebody, identify him as the next great player, and then they end up not being anything. Like I said, I did a whole podcast on Chris Warren. I thought Chris Warren was good. I went out and got his daddy on the phone. <laughs> I went and got Chris Warren's daddy. And I didn't talk about his career. I talked about Chris his son. I had a football player that played at a very high level 
on the phone, and I talked about his son who did nothing. That's how convinced I was Chris Warren was going to be able to do something. But when he went a whole year and then came back out of shape and didn't know the playbook, man, I was hot. Boy, I was hot. I'm still a little hot about that. Let's see. Uh, got, got another text from the 702. I thought Trey Regis looked fantastic in preseason and nothing. There you go. Another one for Trey Regis. Uh, let's see. Gizmo said, hey, Q, I got a left field question for you. <laughs> Perfect. We're all for that. I played Little uh, little League. I played left field in Little League. Played third base, too. A little off topic. How come we're hearing crickets about Rocky Sin so far? We traded for this guy early in the offseason, and at the time he was projected as a solid starter on the outside. Is he still progressing as projected? How is his training camp going? I haven't heard much, but if anyone would know, it's you. That's from Geese Mode. And the reason why you haven't heard anything about Rocky Sin is because we ain't seen nothing from Rocky Sin. He ain't been out there. He's been missing practices. And that's a big question. And I think someone called in earlier. Didn't someone call in earlier and question the, the depth of the secondary? And that's part of the reason why. You know, I feel like Nate Hobbs has got some goods. He's going to be the dude. But who's going to be across from him? I know Raider Mack was talking about Trayvon Mullen. He doesn't believe in. So Rocky Sin, you expect he's going to be the guy. But he hasn't been out there lately. Yeah, but like you said, if he's healthy, he is the guy. That's why I think you haven't heard that much about him. When he stepped up to the podium a few weeks ago at his press conference, he's a very to-the-point, not giving you the most um, vocal He's not going to give you a bunch of detailed answers. Yeah, he's not giving those detailed answers when he was up there. So I think that he's not giving you anything to talk about, like from his mouth or on the field, because you haven't seen him out at practice. How much does he have to prove, though? I don't think he has anything to prove. Really? What has he done? He hasn't done much, but they brought him in. <laughs> but here's the thing. You, we can say that. You know, I, I don't think he had a, an interception all last season. Right. But he was one of those guys. I think um, Football Outsiders ranked him. He was in the top three of corners that. Press the, corners, yes, right. Yeah. And the least, uh, the least amount of yardage that he allows after the catch has been made. He's not letting you get anywhere if you even do make that reception on him. So, hmm. But what does he have to prove? To be honest, not that much. Because I do think that he's looked at. He's that projected number one. So you can say, oh, he hasn't done that much. He hasn't right. been a pro bowl. He's not an all-pro. But for this team, he's clearly the number one. Okay. All right. DeMond Cotton standing out there on the ledge right there. So I'm not saying, you know, he's not yeah. the end-all, be-all, as you like to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. this team right here, right, right. he better be. DeMond is in a study group of one. And he's by himself on that island. But that's okay. That's okay. I'm not mad at that at all. That's that. You could be onto something. I think he needs to show a little something. But you could be onto something. You really could. He's got an opportunity to showcase who he could be. I just think that he needs to show a little something, at least by preseason game number three. But again, you got to be out there to be able to make that happen. But I like that, Demond. I do. I really do. I mean, that's that's the way to to you know, break down break down your belief right there. I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, got another text. This one comes from Raider Chavez in the nine one six. That's uh, Sacramento, California. I think Abram needs to ball out. I believe if he doesn't improve in coverage, he'll be on the bench this season. Uh, Raider Chavez nine one six. And now that I said that out loud, someone's gonna be like, "Man, Q can't stand Abram." No, and that's that's not the case at all. I actually was very encouraged by what J- uh, Jason Simmons said yesterday when he met with us. I was very encouraged by that when he was asked about Jonathan Abram. He said, "Man, people would not believe." how much of a student of the game this guy is, how smart and how sharp he is when it comes to just being able to understand what he's supposed to do and being able to go out there and execute it. Like he was, he talked very highly about Jonathan Abram. He'll always be a question until he's not, but he'll always be a question of how do you use him to the best of his ability? Jonathan Abram has a ton of ability. 
You just have to use them correctly. You cannot ask him to be a wheel if he's not a wheel, right? You can't ask a guy to be an engine if he's only a wheel. You just can't. So they have to identify who and what Jonathan Abram is and then use them in that capacity. It's simple as that. If you can identify that, and I think this coaching staff is smart enough to be able to do that, I give them that, then they know how to use them. I'm interested. I'm glad you brought up Jonathan Abram, Raider Chavez. I do appreciate that because you have Jonathan Abram, you have Deron Harmon, you have Trayvon Merrick, you know what I mean? You have Tyree Gillespie. I mean, you have some options back there. How do you use these cats, right? Deron Harmon's been in the league, what, 11 years? He's a guy that does something that the Raiders did not do very well at all last season, creates turnovers. He's a guy I want on the field. A, a guy that can create turnovers, I want on the field. Selfishly, I want him on the field. Yeah, but it just goes like you said, but I think that's going to be the beauty of Patrick Graham's defense when it comes to those multiple looks. Yep. There are probably going to be a couple of packages where you're going to see three safeties on the field, mm-hmm. where Jonathan Abram can play up a little bit more in the box, where he feels more comfortable. I do think that Deron Harmon, I'm not saying he's going to take his job as people, as some people maybe want, but he's going to be on the field more often than you think. Very, I mean, he very possibly can, you know, and that's, that's, the, that's why I'm interested to see how it's put together. And that's why being out there at practice each and every day is so much fun because you start to feel like you're getting a better idea and a better idea and a better idea of what this regime is looking for, how they're teaching, and, and, and who's going to make it moving forward. Still a long way away. Haven't even got to the first set of cutdowns yet. Again, that's next week. Want to know from you, 702-365-9200. Also, the Sam and Ash text line at 69187, keyword r Who do you think needs this week's preseason game the most to hold on to their roster spot? When we come back, hour number three of the show will kick off. We'll do a little cover three NFL news and notes of the day. Plus, on the way, I still have my beef with the Little League team from Henderson. That's all coming up on Radio Nation Radio 920.